one of my, uh, actually one of my buddies, this my age, his, his 16-year-old son made that video using talents that he has been given by God with technology and uh, just, it was his voice, he did all the video, all the editing, everything. Um, you know, sometimes we think that uh, the things that we do, or maybe, maybe, we, maybe we've thought this, um, you know, I'm too, I'm too old to do anything. I've reached that point there that I, maybe I've done something my whole life for the church or for God, and, you know, I'm just too old, I don't have an impact, or maybe the opposite is, um, I'm too young. I don't have a car. I don't have this. I don't have this. And, and I, I wanted to put that video on here today because I know Isaiah, and I know, I know that he made that video. I asked him for permission to use that, and he said, he said, absolutely, man. That sounds cool. So at his church, it's playing this morning up in northern Illinois, but he, I told him, I said, well, we're going to play it in connection this morning, and he was excited. But I, I reassured him. I said, man, you're, you're, you're doing some cool things at a pretty young age impacting the kingdom of God by, by, by simply making videos, and that's not easy to do. But he's doing and using talents that is, they're, they're God-given, and until you don't have breath anymore, you're to use them. Throughout this month, we're going to be talking... We're going to be talking about something that is, that is difficult... Something that is, is not easy, something that we don't like to practice. I know, man, some of you are going, man, you're kicking off the new year right, <laughs> making it hard. It, listen, one of the biggest lies that the church has told people that they say, they say come have a relationship with Jesus, get saved, whatever, whatever terminology you want to use in, in a church, become a follower, what, what, Christian, whatever you want to use. Too often the church has said in the past, get saved and your troubles are over. Listen, if I can just speak really frankly with you, the instant that you engage in a relationship with Jesus Christ, your life spiritually has not gotten insanely harder. Because you're held to a, a level of Jesus, which is perfection, and we have to strive in our carnal human bodies to try to strive for perfection. And I know before... Some of us have, have talked about some uh, New Year's resolutions, and, and I have literally heard, you know, I'm just not going to set any, that way I don't disappoint myself. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, one of my friends put on Facebook, he said, you can't tell it's a new year, can you? Question mark. And it was a, it was a picture of a Kroger, and all of the salad was gone. See, we, we, we really strive. We want, maybe, maybe your resolution is to get in shape and, and lose some weight, and maybe you want to do a 5K or a 10K or uh, a marathon. Anyway, uh, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, if that's your thing, or maybe you, wanna, maybe you want to set other goals. Maybe you want to uh, be a better dad, be a better husband, be a better follower of Christ. Get closer. Listen, I'm just going to warn you. We're going to do January sermons because I want to warn you for the rest of the year. If you take steps... If, you, if God is right here and you say, okay, God, 2018, I'm going to keep walking at you. I'm going to keep seeking you. I want to keep getting closer. Can I just tell you that every step that you go this way, the wind gets stronger. Satan does anything, can and will do anything to mess you up, push you aside. You know, some of, some of us have, as couples or if you're in a relationship uh, for two days or uh, 50 years, the thing is when you and your and your and your your spouse seek to get closer to God. That's when the door slamming begins, isn't it? It's when it's when ugh, you just get on my nerves. 
I know none of you ever, ever fought like this, and you're all good, great people that are married, and you don't fight in your relationships, and you better be laughing because that's sarcasm, okay? If you're human and breathing, you argue, period. We're a real church. Let's just be real. Fights are real. Arguments are real. But what God says, he says, okay, you're going to fail because you're a human. I want you to get back up, and I want you to let me set you in the right place. You set yourself in the right place by apologizing, forgiving, see, When we start talking about following Christ, it does not get easier. It gets much more difficult. My name is Matt. I'm the lead pastor here at Connection. And I do want to say, Happy New Year 2018. This is cool. I love love the new year. Now, I'm I'm one of those weird people. Does anybody like a specific, I mean, being real specific, a specific exact type of writing utensil. My fellow nerds. Okay, cool. Cool. And when I get my planner and I and I and I go to daytimer and, and I get my, my my 2018 year. And I put them in and I, I close it and I flip it to January. There's nothing there. It lasts for about 12 seconds. Okay, but but for 12 seconds I go, oh, it's so fresh. It's so clean. It's so new. You have an opportunity and have had, and I'm not, I was going to ask this, but I'm not even going to ask how many people have still, we're seven days deep, okay? Seven days deep into, how many people have still kept their New Year's resolution? That's good, but if you, if you haven't, you're sitting there going, oh, I knew he was going to ask that. Listen, keep going. Today's a new day. Maybe you fell completely off yesterday, but Jesus has already paid for that. Repent. Get set right back with God and live for him. This is an exciting time. In January, throughout this month, there's four Sundays. And we're going to be looking at four different passages. Um, this morning's called The Decrease. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm going to warn you. Because we're all human and we all struggle with a giant P word called pride. This sermon is going to absolutely rock you. Because it's rocked me for about the last month and I want you to get in the boat, okay? <laughs> now listen, anytime, anytime that you take a look at God's word in the New Testament and you look at the red letters that Jesus said, anytime, anytime you look at that. See, the sermon this morning, you, you, guys are in, you guys are in a church service right now where God can literally this morning, right now, he can change your life. And if you're visiting with us, that's not an arrogant statement from me. It's a, a truthful statement because this changes lives. God changes lives. There are many people in this room that could give you stories for days about how different they are. See, there, there, came, a, there came a point. There, ca- there comes a point that if some of you, if some of you said, in 2018, I'm going to lose X amount of weight and I'm going to get in shape. Okay? There was a point, Thanksgiving-ish, Christmas-ish, last June, that you said, I have... <laughs> We're real, huh? I mean, for real. It started like January 10th of last year. Hey, I need to really do this. But there comes a point that you physically think and say, enough is enough. I want to change this differently. I, I say, I tell people, I just use this because it's something that some people don't think of. It's a big deal. If, you're an, uh, if you drink a lot of these, then you will think, holy smoke. February 9th, 2009, we're coming up on nine years of that anniversary date of February 9th. It's the last time that I drank a soda. 
Uh, some of you are like, holy smoke, he's still alive. Right? Yeah. Because there's coffee. And coffee. See, but the, the, day, before, the day before that I, just, I decided I was going to stop drinking soda, I was sitting in a goose pit for, for an afternoon uh, from about 11 o'clock till dark with two of my buddies, two of my really good friends. And in that amount of time, we completely smashed a case of Diet Mountain Dew. Think I had a problem? It's diet. Yeah, diet's worse, okay? I'm not going to get into chemistry class here, but it takes two elements to make it sweet in your body. Just drink the sugar, right? <laughs> and drink coffee. Save lives, drink coffee, okay? So, so I drank this, all this soda, and it was a Saturday, and I came to church on Sunday, and I just felt, I just felt, ugh. And I went to youth group. I was leading the youth group at the time, and we were talking about the, starting fresh. It was still February. We were talking about a fresh start, what God wanted to do in our lives. And one, man, this guy was just a jerk. I mean that nicely. He wasn't a jerk. He, he challenged me. We were talking about spiritual stuff um, in our guys group that God wanted to rid us of so that he could work in a mightier way in our lives. And I put my foot in my mouth. And I said, it would be like me giving up soda for a week. And this jerk goes, do it. Now, God, listen, you challenge a guy, it's game on. I'm like, you can't. Whatever, a week is fine. I woke up the next day going, oh my goodness. I want about 17 sodas right now. And the week went by, and we showed up to youth group the next Sunday afternoon. We didn't even get to open our Bibles. We didn't say hello. He, he walks in the door. He goes, and? <laughs> You're a real awesome accountability partner. <laughs> and? <laughs> and I said, I haven't had a soda all week. <laughs> no way. You really didn't do that. I said, yeah, I, I haven't had a soda all week. I said, you know what? I feel a lot better than I did last time. I'm just going to keep not drinking soda. There is no way. And they just, it was just a laughing thing because they knew how big of a part. I mean, it might as well have been anything else. I was, just a, I was addicted to the soda thing. So we go on, and throughout the, the, the weeks turn into months, and I literally, I literally, I'm not drinking any soda at all. About six months down the road, I was at a Wendy's, and I ordered lemonade. They gave me mellow yellow. I took a drink of it, and I was like, oh. Like, no, I didn't order this. It's too much sugar. These guys in our youth group and girls would see me parked at Hardee's, or they would see me parked at McDonald's. Order food, fine. These dudes were like ninjas. They park away from, so they had no idea, I had no idea where they were there. And I was, <laughs> so McDonald's, you get your cup, and you go, and you fill it up, Right? All the selections of soda, and then there's tea, and then there's water, and it's soda, right? On two different occasions, men, guys, they're now men, in our youth group, were hiding behind the plants, looking at what I was going to get to drink. They're like, <laughs> and like, I see one of them is like this, and I'm getting, I'm getting some tea, and I turn around, and I went like this, and he goes, good job. <laughs> and I thought he was a sniper. I didn't know, I didn't know. And you, and you, and see, we're not talking about anything illegal here. We're talking about soda. There's a lot of other addictions. Do you get mad? Do you do all these different things? You can put in, plug in whatever you want. But here's the deal. 
with accountability. It worked. And there's been other things that this area right now is not the, the time for me to share with you about what God has done with me. But God desires to give you a brand new start. This morning we're going to be in John chapter 3 in just a second. And we're going to be in verse 22. If you didn't bring a Bible, we're going to put the, the words up here on the screen. Um, but there came that time. February 9, 2009 was my time. I said, I, I, literally, I did put my foot in my mouth. I said, it's like me giving up soda for a week. And then I, I'll never forget, do it. I'm like, okay. It's one of those things where you react real quick. You're like, yeah. And you walk away and going, oh, man, this is not good. This is not good. Oh. But in our spiritual life, it can be much the same way. Working out, stopping drinking soda, drinking less coffee, drinking less sweet tea. Whatever it is in you or something that's, 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 that's moving in your spiritual life that's negative. Maybe you drifted away from God. Maybe, maybe 2017, let's just be honest, wasn't a great year for you spiritually. Let's just, let's just get there. Maybe it wasn't, maybe you did not finish 2017 where you wanted to finish 2017. Maybe for the last three or four years, it's kind of been like, man, I just missed that again. I just really want to be a better. Can I just ask you a question? Will you please not stop? Don't stop seeking God. Don't stop when it gets hard because when it gets hard is when you see the biggest victories. Oftentimes, oftentimes, We get in the way with that pride word. We get in the way. And it's right about the time that God is getting ready to do something great, but we just don't trust him enough to say, it's yours. And we step in because we want to do it, Frank Sinatra, our way. We want to do it our way. The words that we will study today and the rest of this month very sharp the very the, when you when you encounter god's word it can often be exceptionally 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 sharp and we're going to look at a man today that was the carpet layer outer that's not a real word i just made it up okay he was the carpet layer outer guy he was the forerunner for jesus christ john the baptist who lived in the wilderness, looked more like Duck Commander than Duck Commander ever thought about looking. Okay, sweet, long beard, you know, cool, cool dude. Um, ate locusts, though, because they're kind of crunchy. I've never tried one. Make a lot of noise. But maybe today, maybe today God will show you through words, through a song. Maybe, maybe today you need to understand the, the words of that last song. When Jesus says... People, literally, this is my translation, but when he's teaching and he says, people, I want you to come to me. Right now, 2018, he says, I want you to come to me, and I want you to come to me as you are and let me change you. You can't do it on your own, otherwise you would have already done it. Come to me. You tired of fighting? Come to me. You tired of struggling with this? He says, come to me. So this morning, I want to ask a blessing on our, on our service before we, before we get started and jump into to John and look at our worship handout. I just want to pray for you. Pray for me. And pray for God to just move through this building. Let's just pray. God, we thank you so much for allowing us to to gather here this morning. And these temperatures that are cold. God, there had to be intent and effort and on purposeness for them, these people to come this morning. And God, we are going to encounter 
some of the sharpest words that are in the New Testament this morning. Because they deal with our pride. And God, right now, I just ask that we all individually not think about anything else other than us and you and our relationship between you and us personally. And we see in Scripture, God, what you want to do in our lives. And God, that we would be open to the change and the convicting of the Holy Spirit. God, may we be changed and may it start today. In your name we pray. Amen. If you have your worship handout, there's a reminder that this week, Connect Groups start again. You can see the Connect Groups and where they're meeting right here. Uh, but if you have your worship handout, the very middle, we're going to have some blanks. If you want to follow along and take notes in the sermon, here's the first blank for the, the first fill in the blank. If we want to see God work greatly in our lives, we must get out of his way. Huh. I sit down, to, I, I deleted this like 17 times. God, there's got to be an easier way for me to say this. He goes, no, no, you're in the way a lot. I don't tell you that to say, man, Matt and, Matt and God just sit there and argue in his office. I don't. <laughs> but sometimes I said, sometimes I literally ask God, um, can we do this a little different? He said, no, 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 because you need, you need to study this way. You need to be, you need to be convicted this way. And the people in connection at our church need to be looking at this this way because individually us i'm not talking about your spouse i'm not talking about your kids your grandkids nephews nieces people that you know i'm talking about you this is what god says god is saying if you want to see him work greatly in your life you have to get out of his way you have to but too often we do too often we do this god says trust me no we could do it on our own. It's, it's the things that God sets over here. And he's moved us to a more mature place in our faith. He says, trust me. And you don't have the Jedi force. You can't get that. You have to trust him. He says, this is what I have for you, but do you trust me to walk across this? Oftentimes we say, I don't know if it's going to hold me up. Oftentimes we rip the carpet up and we make sure that, that platform is completely solid on our own. Just to walk. And listen, I'm telling you, by trusting God, you're going to get out of his way. Many of us have, haven't seen God work in our lives in the capacity that he wants to because of our pride. I think God has this huge spigot. And he's looking down at me and he's going to go, man, you missed it again. You missed it again. Man, I just want you to trust me. This is a new, this is a new year. Maybe you have a relationship, and maybe this week, maybe last month. And I know none of you have this. I'm just, I'm just saying just for instance. Maybe you got into an argument with your spouse. And I'm going to take another step. Maybe you were a jerk. I know it could never be this way. I'm just, for instance. Let me just tell you this something. I got into a disagreement with my wife this month. I know. I'm a pastor, and I still got into it. I know. It's really wild. I'm not elevated above anything, above anything. And I'm human, and I got into an argument with my wife. Guess who the jerk was? Everybody's pointing at me. <laughs> Mary's in here. You point that way. We each have, listen, we both have, we know each other very, very well. And we both have. We both have each other's remote control in our back pocket. 
You know, if you have been around someone for a long time, you can go, this will make them mad. Watch this. And sometimes you're just, sometimes you kind of like stand on it and surf and can make it just continuous. You understand that you have issues. Oh, no, 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 I don't. Nope, it's always their fault. It's always their fault. Can I just please, please, please hear me in love? It is 100% not always the other person's fault. Take some blame, please. When God looks down at us spiritually, he, we do the same thing. It's not my fault, God. And he looks down at me and he goes, you little sucker, listen to me. It is your fault. And he convicts me. And he says, you need to apologize to your wife. And I said, nah. You know, Jesus died for that. I'll, I'll just talk to you. You ever tried that one? I'll just make this relationship right with me and you, and then we'll we'll call it good. And God says, you need to go talk to the woman that I gave you for this life, and you need to apologize to her. I said, I don't really want to. No one's ever said that, right? Or Mary does something to me on the very rare off chance that she does something to me. I sit and talk with God. I was like, God, if she would have done that, I wouldn't have had to get mad. Take some blame, Matt. So Mary comes to me and she says, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What if God does that? What if God acted the way that we do in our relationships? Heaven forbid we would all be on a straight path to the pits of hell. If God was not an all-loving God and forgive us, we would repent and he would forgive us and put us right standing. And we fail to do this. You cannot get closer to God by practicing not something of him. We have to get out of his way. We have to get out of his way. Look at the next blank on on your worship handout. Living for... Oh, man. Frank Sinatra was 100% spiritually incorrect with his song, I Did It My Way. 100% wrong. Jesus says, if you follow me, your old self is dead. Follow me. He says some very sharp words to some people in the New Testament. Guy loses his father, comes to Jesus. Jesus, I want to follow you. But please, let me go bury my father. His dad. And Jesus responds with great love. And if you, know, if you know the context of this verse, it's very, very sharp. He says, let the dead bury their dead and come follow me. What? It's tough. It is not easy to follow Christ because we do this and we do it so well. We live for ourselves. I'm told, I'm told by some people, sometimes I've, I've, had, I've had talks with people. I mentor six or seven guys a week. And I'll hear, I'll hear this. And listen, there's guys that I mentor in this room right now. Okay. I'm not scared to tell them this right now because I've told them this before. And, and I was told this many times. I told the guy that used to mentor me. I don't really have time to do that. And I heard one thing in response. Did you have time to do the things that you wanted to? Maybe. I didn't want to say yes because I knew I was wrong. Yes, I did. Did you, did, you, did you have time to do this hobby that you do? Did you have time to binge watch a completely brand new show just so you can get to the end of it on Netflix? Guilty. Everybody that's laughing, you're like, oh, yeah, that's what I did yesterday. Listen, I'm not, I'm not saying that, that TV and watching TV is a bad thing. But what I am saying is when we lie to ourselves just to be right, and we say, oh, I didn't have time. 
Did you have time to go get coffee? Did you have time to do this? Did you have time to do this? Time is, is difficult for us. We're Americans, and we become fake busy. You know what fake busy is? You're not really busy. You're just busy and trying to be busy and look busy. You're not really busy. You're not. If, you, if we cut out the things that we seriously didn't have to do, I could, I'll just ask this question real quick. We're, we're supposed to, as adult people, we're supposed to get eight hours of sleep. Just based on this room right now, how many people last night got eight hours of sleep? <laughs> Look around. <laughs> These people are the ones that are awake, by the way. No, I'm just kidding. Listen. So you had more time. So, so you, you, it says eight hours, but actually we can, for most of us, we can subtract from that time. And you had even more time of consciousness during the day. It's very difficult, but when we live for ourselves, it goes completely against what God wants. In, in May, in the beginning of summer, we're going to have what we call a dunk party. We're going to baptize some people. And this, this goes directly in line with that. It says living for ourselves goes against what God wants. When you stand in the baptism waters, it's your old self. Okay, it's a representation okay, of what happened inside you. And the, and the person stands here, and they're buried with Christ. Their old self is dead, and they're raised what? New. Oh, I love baptisms. It's so fun. They're so awesome. And I know some of you are going, because we have wings after. Well, it's okay, fine. But, but, but I do like baptisms more than the wings. But we have a big party, and there's a big celebration. There should be. You have no if you could have earbuds and connect you to heaven and what's going on in heaven when that happens, it would be nuts. Crazy. It's a celebration of worship. But too often, we even mature Christians that have gone through that phase and that are seeking God have been buried, have been resurrected. We're a new person, we're a new creation. And a whole bunch of times we reach back and grab that old self and say, No, I want to act this way today. You want to pick up an old habit. You want to pick up this. You want to pick it. Listen, can I t- be really honest with you? I can be sitting in a restaurant. Someone can walk by me, and if they are within five feet of me, and they have no lid on their drink, I can tell you what type of soda it is, if I can smell it. And I can tell you right now, if it's Dr. Pepper, oh, oh, love Dr. Pepper. Hope Dr. Pepper's in heaven. Right, you know, Dr. Pepper fountain right next to Reese's Peanut Butter Cups on the Tree of Life. That'd be awesome, okay? But every once in a while, I have this, I'm like, man, this, man, that would sound really good. Do I want to throw away nine years? No. Now it's, now it's like a game with myself. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. How many people remember when the What Would Jesus Do bracelets came out? My people. How many had one? How many had more than one? Watch this. How many people had more than five different colors of them? Me and Whitney. Okay, cool. <laughs> I had to. My dad was a youth. My dad was a youth pastor, so we had all kinds of colors. And my dad came up with this, and it's really good, and it really goes with this. But those bracelets were meant to be worn. And whenever we were doing life, and and something comes up, we're supposed to look down, and it would say, "What would Jesus do?" Reminding us of how we should act as a follower of Jesus. Very good reminder. Very cool idea. By the way, number one thing stolen out of a Christian bookstore, what would Jesus do, bracelet? No joke. Are you kidding me? What would Jesus do? Thank you. No, no, no. But my dad says, my dad says people that, 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 that live for themselves have what would Jesus do completely just straight backwards. It's DJWW. It's do just what you want. 
We do that so often. We, we, we do, I want to do this because I want to do this because this will make me happy. And this will make, listen, most of the time that you get to that thing that, make, that says, we're going to be happy, you aren't really that happy, are you? Now we've got to get the next thing and the next thing. We're going to be talking about a guy that today is <laughs> one of the coolest people in the Bible to me. I really want to meet this dude in heaven one day. I can't wait. John the Baptist. I mean, he, he, listen, he was, he was backwoods country before that was even a thing. The dude, eat, he, he ate locusts, okay? You know the, the things on in summer? And then they leave the shells everywhere, and your kids come up to you and scare you to death with them? Like, ah, you know. He, <laughs> delicacy, weird, all right? He, he ate the, look at, look at verse 30, or 22 in chapter 3 of John. Look at this. Then Jesus and his disciples left Jerusalem, and they went into the Judean countryside. This, this comes after. Uh, last week, we were in John chapter 3, and it comes after um, the Nick at Night episode. Remember that? When Nicodemus comes? Uh, this, is, this is after that, and uh, Jesus has, has said the famous, For God so loved the world that he sent me. Okay, He's, He said this. Let me set the stage for you. Up until this time right now, John the Baptist is the all-star in the river. He has, if there is a place to get baptized, it is with John the Baptist and his followers. They are the man. That's where you go. You want to follow Jesus, you go to John the Baptist, and you want to, you want to follow him, you get baptized here. And you may think, well, we can look at somebody in the, in the New Testament like John the Baptist, and you know, there, there won't be pride. There's not pride in him in this section of Scripture. But we can look at his followers, and we can, and we can get some things. And if you, if you take notes, listen to this. Then Jesus and his disciples left Jerusalem, and they went to the Judean countryside, and Jesus spent some time with them there, baptizing people. And we see Jesus begin his ministry. John the Baptist knows his job. He came to be the forerunner for Jesus Christ. Okay? He came. to do a re- he, has a, he has a job. But listen to this. If you're taking notes, why is it important that we see this in Scripture? Why is it important that we see... All we do is just read 22 and we just go on to 23. Watch that. Look at the intentionalness. Look at number one. Uh, number one, you can write it down if you want. Jesus and his disciples spent time together. It was relationship building. It's very important. I'm, when I miss a week with somebody that I mentor, I really miss them. I really do. I really do. Um, over, over Christmas break, you know, there's people traveling, so we didn't meet then. And the week of, uh, of New Year's is kind of nuts, too, and... And, but I miss, I miss these guys, okay? I miss, if you're gone from church, I miss you, okay? If I don't see you in a while, I, I miss you. And Jesus and his disciples spent time together. Look at the second one is, in this verse is, Jesus spent time with them, and he spent time with them baptizing people. What was he doing? He was giving them hands-on training. But we just burn right through this, and we miss it. He spent time with them there, baptizing people. This is how we do it. And they went to the countryside. These people did not live in the city. So what does this mean? This is, a, this is a precursor to Matthew 28. Jesus went. He took the gospel to the people. And he showed the disciples that after his death, that was their job. They would go and they would impact people. Look at verse 23 with me. At the same time, Jesus was baptizing, okay? So Jesus is in the countryside. Uh, da, 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 da. 
Duncan people, original dunk party, okay? So the verse 23, at this time, John the Baptist was baptizing in Anon near Salem because there was plenty of water there and people were coming to him for baptisms. This is south of the Sea of Galilee on the Jordan River, okay? So it's a real place. The reason that John includes the towns is because they are real places and they could geographically see that this is solid, truthful information. So John the Baptist was here and he was baptizing, I love this. You can read scripture. Well, why was he baptized? Because there was plenty of water. Okay? Okay? Because there was plenty of water. That's why he was there. It was a necessity for them. In verse 24, I know this is kind of a duh thing, but there's a, there's a reason. In 24 it says, this was before John was thrown into prison. Okay? This is the very beginning of Jesus' ministry. Jesus is baptizing. John the Baptist is baptizing Later on, John the Baptist would be thrown into prison. Uh, if you want to continue reading the story about John the Baptist, it's very in, intriguing, and, and you can see what reward John the Baptist got for following God. You know what he got? His head lopped off on a silver tray. It's just a joyous celebration of the new year, isn't it? It's a, it's, it's a worldly consequence. It's a physical thing, a suffering that can happen in people of that day that followed Christ. The world didn't like them. The world still doesn't care for this. And there's people in this world that are worshiping in what they call secret church because the gospel of Jesus Christ is 100% illegal. Do you know why? I wish some of those, some of those countries' leaders, some of those, I, I pray for leaders like that. I really do. I pray for leaders that don't know Christ. When Saddam Hussein was, was, was convicted and he was going to die, I prayed for Saddam Hussein. I did. I prayed for Osama bin Laden. I prayed for the, and some of you are going, well, I, Listen, I had a cousin that got killed in the Gulf War, probably because of Saddam Hussein. Still doesn't affect the fact, my cousin's in heaven. It still doesn't affect the fact that Jesus died for Saddam Hussein, and I prayed for him. But he died holding and clutching a Quran, which is false. It's not the living, breathing word of God. It has nothing to do with Jesus and him saving us from our sin. And I pray for these people, but John, John was tossed in prison after this. And because of a selfish girl who talked to daddy, who didn't make a right choice, John the Baptist loses his head for the glory of the kingdom. So Jesus comes onto the scene. Wouldn't now be a good time for John the Baptist to stop baptizing? You could compete with Jesus. <laughs> he's the all-star. He is the, he's the hall of famer. John the Baptist continues to do the baptizing because that's what God had called him to do. And see, he starts to fade, and Jesus starts to increase. He starts to come to the forefront. Look at verse 25. A debate broke out. Oh, yet. <sighs> Religion and politics, right? Not, don't discuss them, Okay. A, a debate broke out between John's disciples and a certain Jew over ceremonial cleansing. They differed on something. <clears throat> I've seen differences go out of sight crazy. Do you know why they go out of sight crazy? I mean, really, seriously, you, you want to know why? Both sides had the pride of being right. 
I'll just, I'll, just, I'll just do something real quick. Jesus is the only way to heaven. He's God's son. He died on the cross for your sins, that you can have a relationship with him. God resurrected him from the third day. Everything else, shallow water. You can have differencing of opinions, and you can still treat people like humans. But this, this is a heavy debate. Debate broke out between John's disciples and a certain Jew over ceremonial cleansing. So John's disciples came to him and said, Sir... I don't know what they call him. Original duck commander, bearded dude, John. I don't know. They said, John's disciples came to him and said, Rabbi, the man you met on the other side of the Jordan River, the one you identified as the Messiah, is also baptizing people. Look what what they're basically saying. He's taking our job. Aren't they? (laughs) Miss Piggy. (laughs) Right? See, nobody knew I did it until I said Miss Piggy. And they're like, yeah. They're so concerned about being the only ones, weren't they? Heaven forbid somebody else could help them. You don't we get caught up in this? We get caught up, we say, oh man, what idiots. And no, we're not baptizing people like these guys were, but this is every day. And look what they said. He's also baptizing people and everybody is going to him instead of us. Look. This is, this is a first century temper tantrum. just getting mad it was my turn to baptize people today and nobody's coming really but we do this we do this in our lives these people were upset but they're also exceptionally jealous look number one you're not going to compete with jesus okay but these guys had no comprehension of who that was. Okay, Messiah, cool. But we, we still want to do. Our focus must be this. You have to practice humility. Because this life, this church, anything that you have, everything that you have should point people towards Jesus, not to you. Rebecca St. James, I remember every, every guy in any youth group in the 90s anywhere had a crush on Rebecca St. James, anywhere. If they said they don't, they're lying, okay? They did. Okay, Rebecca St. James, and, she, and she, she used to say this, don't follow me. And she was talking to her fans, she says, don't follow me, follow the, pe- follow, follow the man that I followed. In a person that had that kind of, let's see, you look into a secular world and you see a secular artist and ask them to say the same thing. They, can't, they cannot even utter it. Oh, no. It's about me. I want to sell the most records of all time. I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. It's all about me, 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 me. These guys were doing the same thing. It's about us, John. Oh, they're going to Jesus. We can baptize him just the same. I'm even taller. So can you imagine what this actually said? I'm even taller than him. I'm taller than Jesus. Good job. I don't even know. I don't don't know if you get credit for that. But these guys were upset. But look at the next blank in your worship handout. Look at this. You have to strive for this. John the Baptist is getting ready to teach his followers about humility in a gigantic, huge, huge, huge way. John's getting ready to say something to these guys they've probably never heard in their life. And he says it, and he says it sharp. 
ministry, church, it's not about us. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not even about us as a church. Our lives are designed for us to humbly walk, humbly walk, and give credit to God. If you get complimented on doing something, even if it's at a work where you have to do a skill and you get complimented, humility doesn't say, yeah, I'm basically the best that you've ever seen. It's, man, I'm very blessed to have the teachers that I had. I'm blessed to have the skills to do this because of the God that he saw fit to give me that skill. I have, a, I have a really good friend. He plays a screaming lead guitar in South Carolina at a church. And he has more musical mind than I've ever seen in one human. He's a band teacher. He plays every instrument, all of them. Like we, we challenge him all the time. One time he brought an accordion. Anybody play accordion? And he said, I just want to try it out. In about five minutes, he played Crazy Train by Ozzy Osbourne on an accordion. Whatever. But if you go up to him, I've, I've seen people, dude, that was awesome. And he goes, God is just good. And I physically think that God has enhances his skills because he walks that way. He doesn't say, hey, look at, look at, look at what I did. Look at what I did. It's all about God. It's like, I'm glad that you enjoyed it, and I hope that your worship, led, this worship led you closer to God. Ministry, there are very, very large churches in the world. There's very, very small churches in this world, and there are very, 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 very many, many, many in the middle. Lots. And they each have their piece of the puzzle. I know of a church that, that's less than an hour from here. They run less than 75 people, and per capita, they're in the top 10% of giving to foreign missionaries in the state of Illinois. They run less than 70 people, but their impact for the kingdom is great because they, they choose to honor God with what they do. If God wants the connection to be a church of 500, fine. If God wants a connection to be a church of 250, and we take 50, and we send them out to plant a new church, That'd be fine too. Whatever he wants us to do is what we're going to do. Look at verses 27 and 28. John replies. And these guys are upset. They're mispiggying. <laughs> they are. They say, and they, and he's, they're just miffed. And he looks at 27 and John says this. No one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. Huh. I wonder how many. I don't want to know this. But I wonder how many, just in my life, I wonder how many, how many things I didn't get to receive because my arms simply just weren't open. And I was, had, I was busy doing things my way. Luke 28, you, you yourselves know how plainly I told you. And he's getting on to him. Listen, people. I told you that I am not the Messiah. What were they doing? They were putting John on the pedestal. Hey, man, you're the man. You're the man. And he says, listen, I am not the man. I'm only here to prepare the way for him. Now, what does this tell us? It says that John knew exactly what he was supposed to do. Until God led him a different way. He was to do this. And God did have other plans for him. It, it, for him, unfortunately, while he was on this earth, he was thrown in prison. Then he was, had his head chopped off. 
But the instant that that happened, eternal reward. Eternal reward. In verse 29, he says, if you underline in your Bible, here you go. It is the bridegroom, that's Jesus, who marries the bride, that's the church, his followers. Look, look, this is so cool. We talk about humility and the bridegroom's friend, John the Baptist. John the Baptist is like the best man. Look at that. He says the bridegroom who marries the bride and the bridegroom's friend is simply, he's talking to himself in third person. The bridegroom's friend is simply glad to stand with him and hear his vows. Therefore, I'm filled with joy at his success. When's the last time that somebody else's success gave you joy? That's humility. That's humility. That's a complimenting somebody on doing something that you didn't do. And in verse 30, he says one of the most challenging things you can ever read in the New Testament, maybe even in the entire Bible. John the Baptist says this, he, this Jesus, must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. He literally looks at his followers that put him on a pedestal, and he said, I am nothing. Compared to this man. Nothing. Nothing. Listen, listen to me. America and the world has verse 30 completely backwards. God can become less and less so I can become greater. That's absolutely spiritually incorrect. If you want to see God work greatly in you and you want to see the decrease of yourself, he must become greater and greater. You have to get closer and closer. To him, not to you and what you want. You must, you must become less, and that is so difficult. How, what, what does that look like? <sighs> it means this. Mary, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have acted that way. She comes to me and she said, I'm really sorry I shouldn't act that. I said, I forgive you. I love you. It's not about us. It is 100%. You did not die or not going to die on a cross and, and, and literally pay with God's wrath being poured out on you. Pay for anybody's sin. It's already been done. If we had to do it, it was a waste of time for Jesus to. And it wasn't a waste of time for Jesus to do it. Think about the greatness of change that he's done in your life. One of, the, one of the best preachers I've ever heard speak a word in my entire life. I actually got to shake his hand. I felt privileged to even be around this dude. And I said, man, I really enjoyed that sermon. It was one of the best sermons I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> you know what he said? I'm just thankful that I could show you how I fail so often. It, it was a sermon about humility and about pointing to Christ. And he said, I, I'm, not, I'm no one special. He's an accomplished author. He's a famous person. If he was walking through the airport, people would stop him. And I was, I was talking to him and he said, I'm nothing. I have a big church, fine. Whoop he Literally. He goes, I'm just trying to do what God wants me to do. And I'm trying to lead more and more people to Christ to show them and get out of my way. Get out of God's way and show other people how big and how strong my Jesus is. I was floored. I was just taken back by how humble this guy was. 
Sometimes we think that we're too young. Sometimes we think we're too old. Sometimes we think, huh, what I do is behind the scenes and it doesn't matter. Can I tell you that some, probably some of the most some of the most humble servants, and I have a friend, his name is Charles, and Charles is 84, I believe, and he still is, uh, he still cleans the First Baptist Church in Louisiana, Missouri, and Charles is one of my favorite dudes on the planet. He's a Cardinals baseball fan, um, but above Cardinals, he loves Jesus, and he is a fireball, and I talked to him over Christmas. I got to share with him about what God is doing in our people at Connection. A humble servant. People come into First Baptist Church in Louisiana and everything's clean. They have no idea how it got that way. Humble. He works every day. He's 84. Every day behind the scenes. No one sees him. No one does anything except the people that work there. And when I started to talk to him about, about what God was doing in our people at Connection, he, begot, he got so emotional and he got so happy on the phone. He said, it just thrills my heart to know that God is still moving in people's lives like that. He was jacked up about you and he doesn't even live in this state. He was pumped because you know what? God is still winning. And he's still going to win. And he's still moving. And Charles just, just reiterates that verse. And I told him, I, got, I finally got to tell him. I said, Charles, you are an inspiration to me. I hope that I can become half the man that you are. And following his normal, humble self, he said, oh, he said, don't follow me. Follow the God that changed my life. And we think these things behind the scenes, listen, we have people coming to connection. We have places that you can serve. Do first impressions to cook popcorn. You want to clean the sanctuary. You want to do the bathrooms. You want to do preschool, kids rock. Come and see me. I'll hook you up. We, we have to. It's, it's, that's our job. Our job is to serve. Our job is to be humble and to glorify people when they come in, or to glorify God. And when people come in, they say, wow. One of the, one of the greatest compliments that I've ever seen, ever heard of somebody comes into connection is, you guys are friendly. And then, then they get this look, and they're like, no, I mean, like, Really? They're like, I shook hands with like 35 people today. I have no idea. I said, don't remember their names. I said, don't. It's our job. We want to make you feel comfortable. We want you to enjoy it. Get some coffee. Hang out. Listen, that doesn't happen without people serving. When is going to become your point where he becomes greater and we become less? Where's Where's the line in the sand being drawn? Look at the last blank in your worship handout. Look at this. Do you have joy in doing what you're doing for God's kingdom? My job's not important. Listen, you're playing the role of John the Baptist's followers. Well, now that he's here, we don't have anything to do. Listen, do you have joy in doing what you're doing for God's kingdom? And you say, well, I don't know. What are you doing? You can only answer this question if you are doing it. Do you have joy? Man, I saw some people this morning. This is nuts. Crazy. I saw some people that had Vacuum sweepers in their hands, and they were doing something that's very, very not typical of my face at home when I'm vacuuming. Because I don't necessarily care to do it, okay? I don't have one of those robots yet. I'm looking. (laughs) They were vacuuming, and they were smiling. I walked by them, and the first thing in my head was going, weird. 
They're smiling. People were making popcorn this morning. Listen, the kitchen gets warm with everything in there. And people are in there. And I'm like, you guys are making me sick. You're too happy. How much coffee do you have? Right? See, I, I, was, I was looking at all these things. Listen, it's people that are serving. Do you have the joy? Do we wake up with the joy every morning? No. You're human. Things go wrong. Days go wrong. Months go wrong. Do you have joy in doing what you're doing for God's kingdom? And if you're not doing anything, can I please suggest that you do? Please. Join us at Connect Group. Find out what God is doing. Some of the coolest stories I've heard in the last six months come from our Connect Groups. We see people that are learning more about God than they've ever learned in their life. Not because I wrote the stuff. Anybody can do what I do and write the lesson. But it's, and it's not the teachers either. I'm not going to put them on a platform. It's God's word. It changes people's lives. But what are you doing? Are you going to choose? Is today, is today your February 9th? And we're not talking about soda here. This is individual. This is not, this is not your mate. There, there should be no texting. Hey, Mary, did you check out what I said at about, you know, 9.50? No, it's not about that. It's not about, well, I heard a good message today. You're going to listen to this online. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> okay. Are you ready to step off of the platform that our prideful human self gives us and say, God, I want you Make me fade. In my, in my job, I want to fade away. I want you to come to the front. I want people to see you instead of me. I'm not important. I'm just a preparer. God, would you help me prepare the way to somebody that I work with, somebody that I come in contact with? Will you be the decrease? Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for this time. We're just so happy that we, God, we get to worship. God, when we, we sing... 10,000 reasons for my heart to sing. God, we're going to scream and worship for eternity. Because then and only then, with, our, with the mind of Christ in heaven, we are going to understand how great, how unbelievable you are. But God, right now, while we have a job to do, will you, will you just fade us? Fade us out of the front. God, would you come and take our place? Remove our pride. Remove our, our thinking more of ourselves than we actually should. Would you remove that from us, God? Would you help us? May today be the day that it comes to the point in the sand and we said, this is it. I want you, God, to take over. I want you to fade me so that you can increase. Move me out of the way. God, we love you and we thank you. May anything and everything that we do today bring glory and honor to your name. In your name we pray. Amen.